This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Everybody and welcome once again to the Wednesday Week podcast. Um, my name's Eddie, and I am hosting it tonight. Um, I didn't get rave reviews for the last time I did this, so I'm very thankful for the rest of the gang for uh, letting me have another crack at it. And speaking of the rest of the gang, I have got um, three of the best with me here tonight. Uh, first of all, I've got Dickie. Rich, how you doing, sir? Good evening. I'm really well, Eddie. Uh, all, all the better for hearing your dulcet tones. That no, you're you're lying, and um, and I love you for it, but uh, but thank you. Also, we have Victoria, a lady Sheffield Wednesday fan. <laughs> a lady, hello, <laughs> hi, good evening, are everybody. I'm back. Are you all right? I'm all right. Are you She's good? Ah, oh, you know, you sound bright, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and that's exactly what we need um, now at um, half past midday, which is what we we always do the Wednesday week at half past midday, um, and definitely not later on when we've been drinking. Speaking of which, <laughs> James Marriott, our intrepid traveller, James, how are you, sir? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm just back today from a couple of days in Hamburg. So, prior warning, I am a little delicate right now. Oh, well, aren't we all? Aren't we all in this this day and age? We're all snowflakes, aren't we? This day and age. <laughs> it's yeah, a far it's, cry it's from the old days. Okay, so it has been um, quite a busy week for uh, for Wednesday, but many just feels that way because uh, we've had a big game and uh, another one coming up. So without further ado, let's talk. It's time to talk about Villa, isn't it? You know, it's not Wolves away, it's Villa away. And uh, and what a match it turned out to be, um, Vic. What you know? Did you expect that kind of 
performance. Let's put the result aside for once. Um, um, did you expect that, that kind of performance going into this match after what had been a bit of a flat capitulation against Forrest? Oh, capitulation. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. I think everyone stood up to it. I think everyone got a... F you know, there were still some not great performances, but be honest, those not great performances are still a pretty decent performance for the championship. You know, if Adam Reach is having an off day, it's still... It's hardly like Steve Howard, is it? So it's all right. It's all right. We're good. Um, for me, my highlight, apart from... I'm sure we'll all come to the main highlight of the game for anyone, especially neutral, um, was Matthias's goal. Like, that was absolutely clean-cut. He knew exactly where that was going. That was just impeccable. The cross that came in for it was amazing. The actual touch that he took for it. And it just... It was pinpointed to that corner, wasn't it? There was just no question about it. It was going in. The the interesting thing was that it it, it came um, very quickly after um, the start of the second half. Uh, the first half, uh, do you feel that that was a case of us getting our confidence back after, uh, like I said, what had been a flat performance against Forest, what had been some of those senior players, as we've seen at the start of the season, shrinking maybe from their responsibilities a little bit? It kind of felt from the start that those uh, quote unquote big name players were. Uh, we're doing what they, what we expect of them, on a, a stage that I think maybe subconsciously they felt that they deserve to play on. Yeah, um, I get that. I get that there the may have been a confidence thing, but to me, I don't, I, I don't think the Forest game was a confidence thing. I just put that out there now. I think this, there was more to that. Um, but heads weren't particularly down as we kicked off. It didn't look like anybody was lacking in confidence. Christ, we're still absolutely smashing this league and we're doing all right. We're not far behind, you know, we could we could get quite high up quite soon. Uh, we're not allowed to look at the league table though, are we? Um, but oh, no, well, we absolutely true, can't true. because James will get weeks. so angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I don't think there was, there weren't heads down as such and it didn't feel like that throughout the game. I just, I do think there were still a couple of players, Adam Reach in particular, who are not being played to their strengths. But having said that, we're not losing shitloads of games, are we? So maybe he's not been played to his strengths, but maybe there's a reason for that. And as much as I question things and I question, you know, starting lineups or whatever, if we're getting the results in, I can't question Yoss's ideas, really, can I? So, but yeah, I think I think the goal the goal was great to see. I think the way the players reacted with each other was just brilliant. Um, Matthias is obviously. He's just like, he's one of the lads, isn't he? You can tell that him, New Hugh and Zhao are the popular boys at the club and they they lead everything, don't they? They're the ones that organise, you know, Scrabble at Dave's. Um, and it was just, it was great <laughs> to see. It was really nice to see. And it was good Ow. to see Matthias actually getting a good goal under his belt yet again, you know. Like, you think back to Leeds, was it last season? Season before? And that yeah. goal, Jesus Christ. So it was nice to see that, again, you know, there is sometimes, sometimes he frustrates me because I know he's got that quality in him. I worry, though, that there seems to be an extra layer of veneer on those teeth every time we play live on Sky. And that's, <laughs> that's OK this season because, you know, some are a bit, but not too much. I actually, I yeah, worry I was going to mention that. Season, like, I've run out. Then I, his I... teeth will actually become radioactive. 
I rely on uh, Mr. Blank's strips that are like bleaching strips. And I, I do that before I go out. And that's, you know, that's my thing. But if, uh, Marco, whatever you're using, babe, let me know. That's They are just unreal, aren't they? Mr. Blank's bleaching strips. Is that, is that generally what they're called? Together. We could, yeah. No, I've like, just got... Oh no! I just, I've, I'm going to say I've got a friend. Let's say surname's Blanks with a KS, but and it just oh, no, worried me that you got him round. You got you got him round cleaning your teeth one night. That the was all I was thinking. <laughs> Honestly, we'll have a night. We'll do a face pack and a hair mask and some Mister Blanks. We'll have a great time. Rock an actual roll, <laughs> <laughs> James. So uh, I know obviously um, you, you like to watch the game in a state that can closely be described as paralytic. Um, so I'm. Um, I don't necessarily want to ask you tactical questions, but um, we we reverted to a to a three at the back, didn't we, against Villa? And um, it seemed to pay dividends. I wonder what Josh's thinking was about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether or not he felt that it was a, a game where we needed um, that kind of flexibility on the on the wing with wing backs to kind of you know spread the play. Um, and it's worth noting that I mean both goals really came from uh, came from the the flanks. Um, so the, there may be something in, in that. Um, but yeah, it did seem to work. It did seem to work. And I thought, I, I'll be honest, I, I think I thought you were a bit harsh there where you were like, well, there was some all right performances. I think everyone played great. I think everyone put in I a do. really good I, shift. And you know, as I a team, that. you know, I, I, I'd kind of moaned about at Forest. It looked like a lot of individuals and we didn't look like a team. Well, total transformation, the Villa game, we looked like a team. Everyone seemed to know what their job was. Um, everyone kind of worked hard for the team. And, and there were, there were a couple of players that, that, that did, you know, particularly kind of stand out as playing really well. Uh, but I don't think there wasn't one player that you'd say, oh, it's, it's them that won the game for us. You know, it was, we, we, we lost as a team last Wednesday night. We won as a team on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and that's really, really pleasing because it was a bit of a, bit of a, kind of off the back of, that that twenty minutes against Stoke, where we just looked like we just couldn't cope with teams that that come at us, um, and then you know obviously the Forest game. So you know, seeing that we can we we can when 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 it's our day, we can turn in performances like we did on um, on on Saturday. Then um, that was that was good to see, and and probably we we needed that. We needed the points, but I think we needed to see that performance because. You know, I've bemoaned a couple of the games that we've won at, at Hillsborough this season where performance wise, you know, we've not been amazing. We've won games without being amazing, which is a great quality to have. But we needed a game where I think we turned in a really good performance so that we know that, you know, we, we've got that quality. Uh, and that's exactly what we did on, um, on, on Saturday. And, and, you know, full respect to players like, um, Daniel Poodle and uh, Michael Hector, who, you know, Poodle obviously is not a regular starter now. Uh, Hector was starting for the first time um, and they looked really accomplished at the back. And it was great to see uh, the, the kind of the Poodle that we saw the back end of last season, who was kind of rock solid uh, and particularly one challenge in, in the box where he, he just kind of basically just kind of like sort of like dived at the feet of the Villa player, just took the ball off him picked himself back up and just carried on. It was brilliant. Um, and some some great performances. And three at the back definitely worked. Yeah, it, it felt like a veteran performance, didn't it, from a lot of those players where it was, um, you know, yeah. not, not scene stealing, but, that you know, they did their job in a way that, um, you know, the team that got so close to promotion that first season um, did. Uh, Dickie, so obviously we got our noses in front. Um, I, you know, I think it was a cracking finish. I think maybe there was a... An element of um, of chance to it that we finally got Villa turned and 
and, and you know, got them on a the back foot. They missed some of their assignments and allowed Matthias to, to get into a position to take that shot. Um, you know, what can't be denied is that Villa's response was an absolute cracker. We don't talk a lot about the opposition on this podcast. Um, we're completely one-sided when it comes to, uh, to the greatest team the world's ever seen. But, uh, Dickie, I, can you think of a better opposition goal than that in the end, in your, your time watching Wednesday? It's probably 15 years you've been watching Wednesday now at the age of 24. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's about that. It's about since I was nine. Yeah. That's about right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of one now, but I, I can't actually think of one that I've seen probably, probably as good as that. I mean, the way he, he, he called it, it, it reminded a little bit of Roberto Carlos, not quite as, didn't go quite as wide as Carlos's shot when he, uh, he scored for Brazil in, in France in the, the World Cup. Was that a World Cup warm up tournament he played in? Le Tournois, wasn't it? Yeah, 97, yeah. Le Tournois, yes, yeah, yeah. And that was going about 10 yards wide, but this one from again, I think, was looked like about three or four you yards wide. And it's. It, what, what? Do we know this kind of stuff? It's just, just because yeah. we. It's been what my dad told me about it. That's why I know about it. <laughs> you were, hey. you were, what a child. But, what a child, my friend. What, yes. what a goal. But it was I, one I, of those, yeah. Keepers don't save those, not at all. They just was absolute belter of a goal, and I'm try, like I said, trying to trying to rack my brains. I think of it as a good good one that I've seen, and I, I'm, there's one not one that's kind of uh, coming coming to mind. Apart from I, I, there was one, and it was uh, a Chelsea player, and his Stewart was it Graham Stewart that ran the full length of the pitch. Oh god, wasn't yeah. a kind of volley, but it, but he, he, for, for, he, for Chelsea, yeah. he rang the full length of the pitch, took about yeah, four four players on and put the ball away. That's that's the only one that's stepping out right now. But that was a... You know what, Wasn't that a game where we were like 3-0 up or something and ended up joining 3 all or losing 4-3, something like that? Didn't we lose? That, that might not have been that game. The, yeah, the game yeah, you're be, thinking about. That's the Paul Cannaville a, game, isn't it? That? Yeah, the 4-4 the, the Paul Cannaville game. Yeah. Um, the thing was, Rich, I had um, our mutual friend Jade round um, and she was doing work. I was sat watching the football. And like when it went in... Yeah. And, like, she does not watch football whatsoever. Like, she does not get it. And I I was like, oh, my God, what a goal. And it confused the life out of her. She was like, why are you stood up? Wasn't that against why you? you why, like, why are you, you celebrating somebody else's goal? Yeah, you do not see goals like that ever. Like, that is, that's, I'm, I'm calling it now. That's got to be the game, of, the goal of the season for the championship. Uh, if something better comes along. My God, we are lucky. Whoa, hang on. Somewhere, Barry Bannon is just sitting there going, challenge no. accepted. No, <laughs> yeah, it's But it's just, it just blew me away. And it's times like that that you think, you know, sometimes at Hillsborough, someone scores a wonder goal and you end up, like, quietly applauding in your lap. Do you know, because you're just like, and at the end of the day, we're all football fans, but we're all Wednesday fans. But sometimes a goal like that just takes you completely by surprise and it's been one of those that the more people have shared the gif of it on twitter the more i've watched it because i just think wow that is why i love football that right there is why i love football sublime absolutely sublime but this is a sheffield wednesday podcast we don't want to talk about that because you know what nah. thing things changed pretty damn quickly didn't they because uh we despite being pegged back we really, I think, you know, we got a toehold in the game with the first goal. Um, we really, really put Villa to bed after that because we dominated um, after their goal. And you know, that uh, after probably 
two or three real guilt edge chances. Um, Fletch came up trumps, didn't he? With that, wasn't that what we signed him to do, James? He's a goal scorer, isn't he? And um, you know that's that's probably he's any any player that, that is a goal scorer when they're not when they're not scoring goals, you get a bit frustrated with them. And um, you know Fletcher does bring something different to the table to uh, some of our other options in that in that position. Uh, and I thought he, you know, there's a couple of games where he's put in a real shift in um, in the last few games. Uh, I'm so pleased that he scored as well because he 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 has that that header that he missed in was it the it was second half, wasn't it? But it was it was early in the second half. The, the header that he missed, it's like that. I, I don't understand the maths of that. Like it would actually have been easier to score from from where he was to have put that header wide. I just don't understand yeah. how he did it. Absolutely. Then there was the chance when he was clean through on goal, um, and and you know that was one where you know he just just needed that little bit more composure. Um, but you know it came up trumps in the end. Um, a huge credit here to Joey Pelliapesi because that was a sublime ball into the box. It was an absolute thing of of beauty. Um, and as soon as you saw that it was going to get on, you know, Fletcher was going to get his head on on the end of that. There was there was no chance that that ball was going anywhere other than the back of the net. Um, and it was great. You know, it was a very different goal to the first one. It's certainly not going to win our goal of the season, but everything about it was really nice. You know, it was it it just came at a period of the game where we were we were on top, where we we were outplaying um, Villa. Uh, and we deserved it. We deserved to go ahead. Fletcher deserved his goal, and I'm really pleased. Um, you know, let's not get into a, a conversation on the kind of positives and negatives of uh, of our striking options because um, there's there's no way that all of us will ever agree on that. But I think Fletcher is really showing what what he can bring to the table and why he needs to be starting game in game out with the options that we've got at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, Fletch- Fletcher is one of those. Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of the jury's out for me on him, but I think the way he's played the last few games, and particularly against Villa, uh, he made a lot of chances. Um, not all of them kind of, you know, falling his way, but uh, I think he deserved his goal, and um, he, he definitely is a, is a man in the kind of the 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 the, the, the kind of attacking role at the minute that's that's got to be pushed out. I, th- I think what Fletcher does that uh, we don't really have anyone else that does is he he just causes a, a he's just a pain in the arse for defenders, isn't he? You know, rather than him being someone that you just lob the ball up towards, you know, he moves around the pitch. You know, he gets into positions, he he pulls defenders away. He he does something. He's got a certain level of like football intelligence. Uh, which you'd expect a player that played in the in the Premier League for so long to to have, but you can see it. You know, he just does things that are just clever. Um, and so, you know, him. He, I, I don't think he's fully fit, and I don't think we're seeing um, a, a fully fit Stephen Fletcher at all. Um, but you know, it, it kind of I, I'm seeing stuff from from him now that makes me think with you know this combination of players. You know, him him and Matthias seem to work quite well together. Um, you know, maybe you know there's there's something there. You know, for us to really focus on now with Fletcher. I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about him in a bit, um, but I have always said, and as much as I am a new view like lover, my top two pairing up front is Hooper and Fletcher. I just think they work together so unbelievably well, and neither of them are particularly strong players on the ball. They're not, you know. There's there's a lot of faults that you can pick out individually, you know, if you're gonna be that person, which I am. But when they're together, my God, they are. As far as I'm concerned, they're our top two. Um, but obviously, you know, shit happens. And um, yeah, new George out. But yeah, Fletcher for me, I think 
I think he's got something really special. And I think if we'd have, if he was an 18-year-old lad that we'd got on loan from Chelsea or whatever, we'd all be raving. The fact that he's built a name for himself already and we're expecting maybe too much, that's the reason that we're all holding back a bit. But then he shows those signs. Like you said, he's a complete pain in the arse. Total pain in the arse for any defender, any defensive midfielder, to be fair. He's just... He's there all the time, isn't he? I think in the end, it, it comes down to a real veteran performance from veterans. And I, I wonder whether maybe playing against a team like Villa that has aspirations to be in the Premier League, they play a very Premier League style, and that's something that plays into the way that Stephen Fletcher has learned to, you know, to play his game. And, and, you know, and those players kind of really stepped up. But interestingly, we probably had a man of the match performance from somebody that was at the other end of the age spectrum in the form of Matt Penny. Um, the Villa fans on Twitter after the game were going absolutely mental for how good Penny was and how well he played. Um, definitely his best performance in a Wednesday shirt. Do you think that he almost now is is staking his claim as being um, the the most important member of this, you know, uh, academy class in terms of what he can do and how he can can change the way that we play the game? He's got something, hasn't he? He he has got that little, you know, he's showing that little spark of of quality. You know, he was playing against a, a pretty experienced Villa team, and I'm sure their fans would probably bemoan just how experienced it is because it, it seemed a little sluggish their their team on um, on Saturday. Uh, but Penny was, you know, dropping out some right skills, wasn't he? He was, you know, stepovers. He was whizzing past. Uh, defenders, you know, they, they were, they were resorting to just having to foul him because it was the only way in which they, they could stop him. Um, he had a cracking game and uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased he's kind of growing in confidence after, you know, that game a couple of weeks back when he was playing up against Tom Inns and, and he just, it just got away. It just ran away from him for a little while, but he pulled it back and he got back in control of the situation. Um, and there's been no stopping him since, um, since then. And you've got to, it's, I know it's, it's unfair to do this, but, you compare and contrast one of the weaknesses I felt at Forest was kind of Fox down that wing just doesn't have the thing that Matt Penny does. And it, and it's just that bit of quality. It's just that bit of something about him um, that, that you get with a player like Matt Penny in the, um, in the team. And it's great to see because I think, um, I, I think when we, we've talked in the past about, the academy teams and we've talked about players that we're excited about and I know I've talked about Matt, Matt Penny about a year ago maybe more than a year ago and I, I think we've we've his name's come up on the podcast a few times in the past where we've talked about players that are kind of you know just approaching that verge of knocking on the um on the door of the the first team it's just really nice to see him getting that run and doing a flipping good job um I also want to echo the words of the Owls of Mericast when they talked about Matt Penny this week in terms of the fact that we, if, if we are not like, if we don't have someone camped outside his house with a pen and a contract in their hand, then the, the, we need to resolve that. We need someone there 24 seven bugging him to get that contract signed because this is a player that we cannot let slip through our grasp. We've got to get him signed up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think most Wednesday fans, um, look at that and see, you know, that, that could settle, um, you know, one quarter of our back four or one fifth of our back five for, uh, you know, for the next four or five years, easily. So the Villa game is in the books. That um, left Wednesday in 10th. 
Um, which is good news because we had we didn't have a great start to the season, did we? But now we are sitting only two points off the playoffs, two points uh, behind um, several teams, uh, one of which may be our city rivals. Uh, but most importantly, now eight full points uh, away from the drop zone, which I think we were all looking at up until maybe three weeks ago. Um, so we move on to news um, of the week. So probably the the biggest um, the biggest ripples that have been made in the news as far as Wednesday is concerned uh, actually made the national press this week because um, scurrilous rumours and um, and scuttle but scuttle not scutter. Did did you look that up by the way on? Um, yeah, yeah, on I did. Oh, it was a pleasant. Don't die. That is disgusting. A little bit worried after that. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't on um, that so yes, I'm not, not going to use that phrase anymore. Um, so we'll just talk about rumours. We'll just talk about loose lips. Um, no, no, we got. Well, let's move on from that. Well. Um, <laughs> let's just go into rumor the rumour land. In the sun, uh, Gary Cahill, uh, the Chelsea, of course. Oh, but I was just about to ask well, you to do it. Him, I believe, and uh, a long-time, lifelong Wednesday fan. Uh, linked with a move to Hillsborough in the January transfer window uh, because he's he's not getting a game at Chelsea and he's probably unlikely to. Uh, you know, Vic, I know Yoss has come out and said very clearly, um, you know, that, that these are just rumours. What do you think the truth of the situation is there? Um, I've mentioned before, right, I went to school with Gary and I'm, I'm, oh. I wouldn't say, no, no, I wouldn't say I know him really oh. well anymore, but I do know his wife and you know, they are the cutest, cutest little couple. They've been together like 20 years and they're in their 30s. It's mental. Um, but he was, he's a huge Wednesday fan. And like, like to the point that he probably listens to this, like he is a big time Wednesday fan. He, he, he is, like that's who he is. He's also not a big time footballer, if that makes sense. Like he's not, he's not about making shed loads of money every week and, you know, going out partying. This guy is still with the girl he's been with since he was 12 years old. He's got two kids to her. He sold his Audi R8 because it cost too much money to run. Like, that is who Gary Cahill is. And I always remember as well reading um, when we beat the Blades at home. Oh, God. Obviously, a long time ago. And somebody put, like, the worst thing about it wasn't being sat in the home end with my mates because I couldn't get a ticket in the away end, like some Blades. It was like, but the worst thing was turning around and seeing Gary Cahill going fucking mental when they scored. That is who he is. Like, so it wouldn't surprise me if his agents haven't, or agent, whoever, hasn't put this out there as like a, let's see if we can get Gary his swan song club that he wants. Because he he really is a Wednesday fan. And I think, do you know what? If the guy's willing to come for money that we can afford to pay, you know, he's made money. He's made enough money for his great, great, great grandkids to live a very, very happy life. So does he now just want to come back to Sheffield? You know, he's not that old, Yoss. Thank you very much. He's like a bit older than me. What, a year, year two years older? What is 32. He? 32. So he's a year above me at school. Um, He's, I don't think it would be a bad signing for us, to be fair. I think um, if we could get him on the money that we can afford to get him and we could keep him happy and he'd be back home in Sheffield with his family, then is that a bad thing? But obviously Yoss has said he's too old, so... 
Flat, it was a flat no. Oh, it's a flat no. I know. He prefers 19 to 23-year-old oh. Vic. I don't know where he gets that from. Man of them like the you. Hey. He's not going to take a 90% pay cut, though, is he, to come here? Why? Not at all. No, right. If he loved Wednesday, he would. Right. Exactly, Edward. That is what I'm saying. And he genuinely does. He is an owl. Through and through, and he's well. It's a, it's a done deal, then. Done yeah, deal. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, all right, Vic. Really okay, Vic. Yeah. Announce came. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was never going to happen. It's a nice thought, though. No. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh, is right. it? I... It's not going to happen because there is going to be someone that could offer him more money, and he's got a family and people to think about at the end of the day. But I just, I'd kill to see him just play here. Like, I, I, I would just love it. Absolutely. I still live in an alternate. (laughs) I still live in an alternate reality where Wednesday um, got promoted under Carlos and then signed Jamie Vardy and Gary Cahill um, for the first season of the Premier League and and went on to qualify for Europe. Uh, And and obviously Ronaldo, yeah, to to partner Samido. So uh, yeah, obviously that that. That ship has sailed because all of those players are now past it and we wanted them in their prime. Um, so we'll stick with Matt Penny, thanks, because he's brilliant. Um, yep. So, uh, in, other, uh, in other news, we had a, a magnificent win Wednesday uh, against Villa. Um, the under-23s had a game that doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter it's under-23s. That's not even real football. It doesn't matter what the result was against any other team. Uh, we played another team called Sheffield United. Um, it, uh, the final score was something like 3-1 Sheffield United, who put out basically their first team um, just to uh, to try and get one upon us. Um, uh, uh, Dickie, this is, we don't need to worry about any of this, do we? Surely this is just irrelevant. Why are we even talking about it? I've no idea. <laughs> I've absolutely no idea what we're talking exactly. about. It's just... It's a simple answer. <laughs> Look, United played Paul Coots um, and, and you know, basically tried to win the game just to get one up on us. Um, that's their problem. Yeah. They're, 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 they're a small-time joke of a club. Why wouldn't they do that? <laughs> doesn't matter. I was talking to somebody. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think United's team had quite a few uh, kind of First team kind of squad in it. So, and I was, I think, I was talking to, talking to someone from the, the club at the weekend, and they, they were saying now doing the 23s are starting to, even though it's the first one they lost in five, most of the, most of the kind of players now are, are in the first team squad. So they're going through a, a period of, of, of struggling because they've, they've kind of, um, they've not got the players that, you know, they've, they've got to start again effectively. So they've not got a Matt Penny, they've not, they've got a, um, they've got not got Thornley, etc. They've got all these players that are kind of they, 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 they've got to start again. Which the first team obviously is a priority and and is, is benefiting from from our from our youth pe- uh, kind of uh, policy. But you know we we've now got to, they've got to start again. So you know they're going to be are they going to be a little bit of whipping boys when they come up against a, a good side or a, a side that's playing half the first team. Well, let's hope so. Let's be honest here. Um, anyway, that that's enough of the. There's no you, no more yes. youth update this week because th- that was rubbish. That one we don't we don't like to lose. We like to win. So um, we're going to take you back in time. Uh, <laughs> we'll take you back in time for our next news item. So um, settling kids because Uncle Eddie has got you know got the cocoa. Uh, we're going to get around the fire and we're going to go back twenty years because it's twenty years since. 
um, a player called Paolo Di Canio, who was, let's be honest, uh, a world-class shithouse, as well as being an unbelievable player. Um, he did something very, very funny uh, in a Premier League game against Arsenal, and that was getting sent off uh, and then pushing the referee over. And by pushing the referee over, basically he gave him a little bit of a shove, which an eight-year-old would have laughed off. But the referee in question, Paul Alcock, um, went down like he had been shot in the leg uh, with a tranquilizer dart. So, um, <laughs> do, do you know the funniest bit of that that sequence, sir, was when Nigel Winterman shit himself. Yeah, yeah. When when, when, when Decanio yeah, just moved a little bit towards him, yeah. and uh, and yeah, he squared up with him, and then, then yeah, shit his pants. I'm sure. Look, you won't. Ha- we, we, I say we'll put it onto the uh, onto the Twitter. You won't have to. It's all over Wednesday internet this uh, you know this week today. Um, what a fantastic moment in itself, and 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 all you know, really overshadowed with what was we talked about great goals. One absolute underchuffer oh. from Lee Briscoe on that oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll against never forget Arsenal. That I'll never forget it. Yeah. I remember the entire... Do you know what? Like, you guys sometimes talk about games from, like, the past or, like, last week. And I just... I think, well, it's a football game. Like, I, <laughs> I watched it. I was there, whatever. But there are certain games that just every single touch you remember. And that game, I swear to God, I could tell you minute for minute what happened in that game. And I'll never, ever forget Briscoe's goal. That was just outstanding, wasn't it? It was at the West End, wasn't it? From that left-hand corner. Yeah. Oh, my Christ. Um, I've, I've never seen it back, actually. So if anyone's got a clip of it, I'd love to see it again. All I've got in my head is, like, the memory from where I was sat. But, yeah, that was just... Um, and I've hated Martin Keown since that day as well. I've just hated, hated him. I can't even... If he's on match today, I cannot watch it. I hate him because he started that Oh, argument. trust me, that, that hatred of him came a long time before oh, that. Yeah, but I was yeah, a baby. <laughs> I mean, Richie was born, so. Um, but yeah, no, I, just... I mean, Dad's just told me about it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that moment for me was like, it was, I think that one game, like, obviously, for me, I was 10 years old. That was like the 10th season of going or 11th season, whatever. And that game to me summed up being a Sheffield Wednesday fan because I saw us playing against Arsenal, you know, playing well, Canio getting sent off, all the shit that came from it, and then that wonder goal, and then it, oh, and then the weeks that followed and just this spiral of just like, you know, like in The Wizard of Oz where she gets caught in the tornado and she just sees faces around her. You just see Danny Wilson and Decanio and blah, 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 and you just spiral into like League One. Um, over the next ten years, that is that was my pinnacle game, and it just oh, I just remember it like it was yesterday. But yeah, that goal from Je- Briscoe, that's got to be one of the best goals I've seen as a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I can't like I don't know if it's because it wasn't maybe I know it was a good goal, but I think it's just the memory of that day. That goal will always stay with me. Actually, a memory of being in the Premier League. James, do you feel that maybe that moment represented a turning point, like a sliding doors moment? If if Paolo Di Canio doesn't push Paul Alcock there, do we maybe not get we might not get the, the, the result against Arsenal? Does it change what happened after that? Would Wednesday maybe have kept Paolo? Would we maybe have survived into at least you know a time when the Premier League meant more money? We, you know, we wouldn't have ended up where we were kind of ten years later. 
you know what how do you feel no, about well, that incident and about Paolo Di Canio uh, you know 20 years removed from that um it was interesting right at the start of this segment where you referred to it as as a funny moment uh, and in hindsight it is isn't it and it's been mixed to all kinds of different music so that you know it, it's it's you know it's it's a comical incident it wasn't at the time you know i remember at the time being at the 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 game and uh, there were people who were furious about it. You know, the referee had completely lost control of, um, of, of, of that game. Um, did it represent something bigger? I don't think so. I think whatever Danny Wilson was our manager, we were going to have problems. You know, this, this was a guy that was just in way over his, his depth. Um, and if it hadn't have been pushing over a ref, there would still have been something that would have kicked off in the dressing room. And it, it might have already kicked off by this, by this point, to be honest. You know, it might have been Di Canio's kind of lack of, um, of control of his, his temper might have kind of stemmed from the way things were already going behind the scenes. So, um, I, I, th- I think it's all right for us to look back on it kind of with a bit of a jovial outlook now um, and not worry too much about whether or not it had any great significance in the, um, you know, absolute disastrous decade that, that pretty much followed that um, that moment. But we did win the game, didn't we, you know? Okay, so moving back to the present day, um, or Wednesday, the uh, unbelievably good, possibly best movie ever um, documentary, the showing... Um, in public because obviously we've had our, the, you know, the club preview, etc. a few lucky fans, including some of the Wednesday week staff here got to see it. Um, and it's been opened up to a much wider public, uh, to watch, I believe, uh, you know, ne- next month or in November, um, tickets are now on sale. Uh, James, what's the, what are the details there just to remind everybody? Uh, it is Tuesday, the 6th of November. Uh, if it sells out, there are plans to possibly lay on um, other showings on other days as well. Uh, but at the moment, that's the one. So it's Tuesday, the 6th of um, November. It is at Sheffield University. Uh, it starts at 7 o'clock and it will be flipping uh, brilliant. Sorry, sorry uh, the University of Sheffield. That is how we refer to ourselves. Oh, sorry. I uh, apologise. Right. Uh, it's a better anyway. <laughs> is it, is, uh, it, in yeah, the, is it in the octagon, Vic? Is that the idea? Uh, no, I believe it'll be in the Students' Union. We've got a cinema there now. So for those of you that don't know, obviously I work for the university and so does Matt Exton, who has made the film. Um, so we've been colleagues now for a year and a half. He is amazing. He is so talented. And he's asked us to get involved. So we are officially involved with this which we got a mention on the sheffield wednesday website thanks trevor braithwaite mark ruan like that's pretty impressive um that's so never yeah, happened before has it i know that was that's half no, one isn't no. it that's that's unbelievable um i didn't even write people taking this serious these days i know that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I've already bought my mum and dad a ticket. Obviously, we're going to be there. And it's just, I just want to watch it again because I feel this time I won't be as emotional. Do you know what I mean? I think. Or on your phone. Uh, that was before the that was before the film. <laughs> no, that was actually in the cinema. There's a picture. It was, it's in babe, the cinema. Babe, I was recording <laughs> the interview that we've used since for audio, so shut your face. Oh, right? I, no, you weren't. No, I you weren't. Gu- <laughs> I can guarantee every listener and fan of the podcast, I will be swiping right on this film 
Um, <laughs> so um, let's, you know, we've, we've talked about the past. Uh, let's talk about the, talk about the future. We've got a big game coming up uh, on Friday. Uh, the squad actually, for once, we're not doing too bad as far as the injury is concerned, with a couple of notable exceptions. We talked about Kieran Lee last week. Um, I don't think there's any expectation that he's going to be pulling on the blue and white anytime soon. Um, but the news about Hooper this week has been a bit of a bummer, hasn't it? In terms of he's had um, uh, you know, another reaction. Uh, he's got some pain. They're going to get another opinion as far as his injury is concerned. Um, Dicky, is there? Do you think that maybe this is the last, you know, the last chance for him that we might not see him in a Wednesday shirt again? I'd, I'd love to think not. Um, I mean, you, you got to think, you think about the other times when he's come back from injury, and he's made su- such a difference to the team. But how long can can one we sustain it? You know, is he out of contract at the end of the season? Is that is that when he's out? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have to start um, negotiating now, really. If yeah. you're thinking of it. So, so you know, is it going to be one that we just kind of decide we're going to, uh, you know, let go and and just you know, it's put put it down to experience? Or he's a bloody good player, he really is. But he just we haven't seen him on a football pitch for a long time now. And I, the interesting thing is really the way you know Yoss talked about the the Gary Cale rumours. Um, when he talks about the focus of the club being on you know players who are nineteen to twenty three, I mean it, you, you've got to stretch twenty three quite a way to get to. Um, where Gary Hooper is now, so um, I, I know some people on Twitter have talked about a you know a pay as you play deal or a prove it deal, that kind of thing. I I worry as far as the, you know the future um, for for Hooper. You know, is he going to get a chance? Is he going to be fit enough to be able to stake his claim for even you know the the classic old man extension of of a one year contract? It's um, yeah, I think we're, we're almost right on the edge with him now. I think he needs to be back in first team play, you know, before Christmas at the very least to have a shot at this. He's um, he's thirty one in in January. Um, is Hooper, which you know, is that's certainly not an age where you, you couldn't do a job in the championship. Um, but the the problem is just the fact it's I think it's nine months this week since he um, since he played football. And if he, if he doesn't, if he's not back kind of playing soon, he's going to have a real job on convincing any championship club that he's going to be able to do it kind of week in, week out. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's hard as it with both Kieran Lee and Gary Hooper. It's so hard when you, um, when you talk about it, it's so upsetting because you think, you know, maybe they will still be able to do a job, but it's just difficult to see, you know, where they're going to get the chance to do it if they're not back playing before the end of this, um, the end of the season. However, in positive Gary Hooper news, we often talk about Gary Hooper's dad on this show. And I've never known what his name is until this week when I found out that Gary Hooper's dad's name is Gary Hooper. So there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Well, at least... He said it. I was like, Gary, please say Gary. Please say Gary. No, he's a... <laughs> His parents are Gary and uh, Carol. Gary so Carol. At least it's not like... Uh, at least it doesn't uh, rank with the, the Neville brothers' dad, does it? That's, that's Neville. Cool. Neville. Yeah. yeah, Neville. Yeah. To be fair, well, if it was called I'm... Hooper Hooper. I'm a little bit upset. There's, uh, there's, a, there's a great tradition in American sports with players obviously following in the footsteps of their of their fathers. And a lot of the time you get, you know, a, a junior or you get a so-and-so the second, and, and even in some cases, so-and-so the third. Um, 
I would love for Gary Hooper to just have like Hooper Jr. on the back of his shirt rather than just Hooper. You've got to honour your family and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the only thing that could be better is if he had an identical twin brother, either called Ramon, or if not, then Cooper. <laughs> then Cooper. Cooper who? Cooper. Cooper Hooper. Hooper. So, yeah, so, so Gary Hooper's not going to be playing on Friday night, but... 11 of our team and plus subs will. Um, we're playing against the league leaders. So it it feels, because especially because it's a local derby as well, um, it feels almost like it's going to be the, the biggest Hillsborough uh, night or the biggest championship test that we had since. Uh, we you know we, we went away against Newcastle, for instance. You know, it's, it's a big game. There's going to be a big crowd. There's Sky TV there. Um, there's a lot of pressure on the team. Um, for a big occasion, we need big game players. James, do we think that this is the stage where Fernando Forestieri steps back into the team? Just before that, Eddie, by the way, I don't recognise them as league leaders, which is where my theory of ignoring the league table until Christmas <laughs> can be no just they might as well be bottom for all I know. It doesn't matter. They've won a few games. Who gives a shit? It's Leeds United. Um, I also I noticed earlier that seven out of Leeds' next eight games are live on Sky. Seven out of their next eight. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? They're um, doing their so, boxing, I mean, you, the, the Leeds fans. Uh, you, do you remember last year when we imagine. had, what was it, from from the end of August to the middle of, of November, we didn't have a single yeah. Saturday 3pm kickoff. A, a lot of yeah. the Leeds fans are going through that pain uh, this season. But yeah. fuck them, they're Leeds fans, so who cares? Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, Forestieri, this is a real tough one. It's a real tough one. You would say, I mean, on, on paper, you don't change a winning team, do you? But, um, you know, we know that there is, you know, this is football in 2018 and, and kind of tinkering with the team from one week to the next, it happens. Um, you, you, you would surmise that, you know, Fessy on the bench, bring him on with kind of 20, 15 minutes to go to, to have a real impact, uh, would be a real good move. Um, on the other hand, he will be absolutely chomping at the bit, won't he? He will be absolutely desperate to get out there and, um, and, and, and score. Um, I suspect the fact that he wasn't starting games before his suspension would suggest that it w he will be on the bench. Um, and I, I think it's just, you know, the, uh, I've looked at our bench for kind of like two or three games now, and there isn't a player on it where you think, uh, and, and this is no disrespect to the players that we've got on the bench, but there's no player that you kind of think, right, they're the person you're going to bring on that's going to change the game. You know, when you've got, you know, maybe, maybe Zhao when, when, when he's on the bench is someone that could come on and do something, but you, that, that kind of forest area off the bench is a real luxury for any team. So, um, yeah, I, I, I suspect it'll be, um, it'll be one of the subs. So, Dickie, in terms of our opposition, and we don't look at the league tables, they're not the league leaders. I don't know no. who said that. No. That's, that, doesn't, that makes no sense. Why would Bleh. anybody do Rubbish. that at this point? Um, uh, so uh, uh, they, they, look, they look like a decent team, and they've got a really big name as a manager. You know, other than, um, uh, uh, what's he called at, um, at Newcastle? Your man. The manager. Rafa. Other than Rafa Benitez, I think Bielsa is probably the biggest name manager the championship has ever had in terms of his Palmares. Um, they had a really good start to the season, but they seem to almost be starting to do a Leeds. And, uh, you know, losing to Birmingham is the perfect that, start to that, isn't it? 
And that's the best bit, you know, the, 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 the lack of kind of grief I've had from Leeds fans so far is purely because they've done it in seasons gone past. Like they've had a great start, you know, come up to November, they're doing all right. And then they start to, the wheels start to fall off. Uh, and I think the Leeds fans are, they're scared of having to go at us again because it might all happen again. Um, you know, first loss at the weekend against, um, Birmingham of the season with a, an ex-blade scoring a couple, uh, against them as well, which is always, uh, Always somebody from 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 Sheffield link to score against Leeds <laughs> is always a good thing. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I I think Leeds Leeds could be falling apart again. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, so the the um, the press have, have you know put out that obviously it's going to be a big crowd, even though it's live on Sky. Um, they're saying they're expecting a crowd of more than twenty seven thousand, which can't be right because obviously Leeds will bring seventy thousand because because they exactly, always do. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds always would bring more than that. Um, Vic, you're you're a local resident. Um, do you feel that a match <laughs> with such a high profile, certainly Wednesday Leeds, um, on a Friday night? I mean, I'm not being funny. We've been to a few Leeds games, haven't we, over the years, and they're always a bunch of absolute bastards. Uh, you know, whether it is snorting wraps of coke on the tram, whether it is um, <laughs> selling National Front fanzines, uh, you know, anything that they do is shit. Do we want that on a Friday night in Hillsborough? Should this not be a Saturday lunchtime game where Sunday. they can at least be corralled be by a riot police? Game. What, because, because of that- Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, because I'm always with Jesus till <laughs> midday on a Sunday and then I'm free. Um, no, it's at games like this, I think sometimes, and I hate to say it because I pay for Sky and I do all the typical football fan stuff, it should not be dictated by Sky as to when these games are. Friday night is not a great time to play that sort of a game. Um, it's It's just not. Um, people go out straight from work or they finish at lunchtime and it all goes to shit. Same as if it's a Saturday night, it's just as bad. Sunday morning, that's when these sort of games should be. Or leave them at three o'clock on a Saturday. If that's what you want to, if you, if you really think that there's going to be no trouble, leave it where it is. Um, sometimes I do, I do think that Sky ruins the game. Obviously Sky pays for the game, blah, 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 blah. You end up just in a complete vicious circle. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. I think we're just going to think we're going to be in the usual haunt of the Riverside Cafe with its new outside bar now open on match days. Um, just to slide that one in there. Um, and so we will be there before and after. Um, and then I think we're all heading away, aren't we, guys, into Kellam Island? Um, so it'll possibly. Be, yeah, I don't want to go into town that night. It's just sometimes it's just not worth it, and it. That shit, like, it shouldn't be like that. Like I said about watching the Villa game, I was just in awe of that goal. Like, absolutely in awe. But then, if it was, if it was going to put me at risk to be, I don't know, to play against a team, I wouldn't have been that excited about something like that because you just think, oh, God, what's that going to mean? And it's not so much for me, it's for my parents and my friends. And, you know, you just, you end up getting a bit more stressed about leaving than you really should. The last time we played them on the Friday night, Chris Kirkland got twatted. Uh, and that, for me, just sums up why we shouldn't yeah. play Leeds on Friday night. And the That's night the kind of stuff that happened. I used to work in actually closed that night because of that, because there was so much trouble in town. 
Yeah. Basically, Leeds fans, a bunch of dickheads. Um, so after that, Friday night, we'll, we'll have a, a nice little break because we're back on Sky on Wednesday because we're playing against West Brom. Uh, now, West Brom are a team that has been in the Premier League recently and um, have come down, made a decent fist of uh, of getting back up. Um, West Brom are a team that do what West Brom do, which is not really spend a lot of money try and do what they can. If they get relegated, they don't panic and just like gradually get on with the idea of just going up as champions the next season and getting all that lovely sky money. Um, so I, I, let's not dwell on previewing the West Brom game. It's going to be interesting. We know that. Let's just go straight to predictions for these two games. Um, Vic, Leeds and West Brom, what are your predictions? How many points are we getting out of these two? Mm. Um, I'd like to say six, obviously. But I, I'd comfortably, I think I would comfortably say four. Um, I actually think we're going to win on Friday night. Tomorrow night. Um, I'm not sure about West Brom. I'd, I've not looked too much into them. Um, obviously, you, I know Leeds just because I have BBC, so I see Look North every night. Uh, so I know what Leeds are going to do. Have you really just said that? Have you really just said that? It's true. So, yeah. Even so, the weather. I know. I could, I swear to God, I could tell you exactly what is happening in Leeds Town Centre right now because I watch BBC Look North. I couldn't tell you what happens in Huddersfield, Sheffield, Doncaster, Barnsley. No fucking idea. But Leeds, I can tell you. So, yeah. So I know what they're up to. I know that we're okay. I think we'll be fine. Uh, West Brom, uh, mm, mm, not sure, not sure. I'd like to say four points from the six. Dicky, what about you, sir? I, 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 I'd love to get six. I don't. I, we're not going to get six. Um, I would be happy at two, ecstatic at four. Two home games and uh, two points is mm. as, an absolute minimum, isn't it? Not a good return, yeah, it's, but it's what we need. No, exactly. And these, you know, these are two teams that you'd expect to be in the shake-up. So, um, yeah, yes, you absolutely. want to take points off them, but there's no shame in uh, in settling for a draw. Uh, James, can you, do you have anything more optimistic than these two clowns? <laughs> absolutely not um, I think we'll draw against Leeds I don't know about West Brom we might we might win that game I've got a feeling that both games will be draws I think it'll be two points okay good well it's going to be six points we're going to smash them both um, and <laughs> we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll win all the fights outside the ground as well so uh, because we're Wednesday that's what we do um, so yes let's uh, you know what And we're not we're not unaccountable here on the Wednesday week uh, you can come at us so after Friday um, you can tweet us and tell us how wrong they were about the fact that we'd only get one point against Leeds. Um, you know, me and Vic went for a, a solid win. And then on Wednesday night, you can probably tweet me and go, what the fuck are you talking about? Six points, you idiot. We've got, we've got <laughs> two losses now. So, um, so yes, we're not unaccountable. We'll, we'll stand by these predictions. Um, so that's what is happening in the world of Wednesday. What is happening in the world of Wednesday week? Well, two things. Okay. I like to campaign about stuff. Um, I'm campaigning about two things this week. Number one, I campaign about the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane. Um, that is the best beer and food and <laughs> welcome and heating and light and toilets 
uh, within a 500 meter radius of the ground. I urge you to prove me wrong. Um, so that's the Riverside Cafe, Catch Bar Lane, our wonderful sponsors. That's where we hang out before the game. There is a good reason for that. We're not idiots. We know what's good, and that place is fantastic. The other thing that I love to campaign about is my new idea for a sign that we put up outside the cop. So, you know, um, health and safety, yeah? You know, we go to, to building sites and stuff like that, and they have those signs saying, you know, it, it, 141 days since our last industrial accident, something like that, yeah? <laughs> Hammers home the idea <laughs> that, um, that they're safe, people are working and they're safe on the job, adhering to all the requirements. Um, I am campaigning for a sign to go up on the cop, giving the number of days since somebody <laughs> has been tossed off. So right now, <laughs> we, we get that sign up today, Whoa. okay? Thursday. So we could we, we start I'm off sorry. without. It, it, it now, was it, just it was Barry it, Bannon's goal. I just couldn't. Exactly. Rich. So there you go. Rich, we were just there you we go. Just inside is, ourselves, weren't we? It was just too much. I I dream. Yeah. As, as, you <laughs> know, I don't need to put me down. As a father and as someone who just, I liked football. I like football. I don't want to go to the football for any other reason. You know, it's like, I, if I got a porn hub, I got a porn hub. If I got the football, I got a football. Um, I would like a, a world, I'd like to live in a world where my son can look up at the cop and there's a big sign there saying, you know, 974 days since somebody got tossed off on the cop. Um, let's make it happen. Uh, we'll, we'll crowdfund it. I'll, I'll put the link out on Twitter. Um, is, it, is it now on your bucket list? I'm thinking about this week. Um, we we're going to move on to probably the best part of the way because it's stuff that we don't have to come up with. This is Ask the Wednesday Week. This is where we go out to Twitter. Uh, people ask us questions. Um, we, we end up blocking a lot of people off the back of this, um, but the ones that get through are always golden. Victoria, I'm coming to you first. It is from, you know what? Ooh. Whenever we do this, that Montague Dangerous will always be oh, uh, the one who, who saves us. Uh, so Monty has asked, should Jack Stobbs be given a chance in the team the way that Matt Penny has been? Well, that's a bit serious considering most of his other questions. I don't normally read this bit, but I like to surprise. Answer the question, yes. Victoria. If anyone looked at Instagram tonight, I don't know who it was that shared it, but someone shared a photo of Jack Stobbs's and he's got a really weird toenail like it's like it's like an extra limb it's disgusting so Jesus until he gets Christ. that sorted out no he shouldn't be <laughs> he should be sent straight to the diatrist <laughs> I despair about social media Honestly, sometimes That's coming from I don't me. know who it is that I follow I think it was like Alex Hunt or somebody like shared it now I, I like clicked on it I was like oh my god like, how can you? I can't even. I couldn't kick a ball if I've got a cat <laughs> on my toe, let alone that. So, no, no. That needs to be a hashtag. Hashtag Jack Stubbs Toe needs to yeah. become. That needs to be a thing. Sort your toe out, Jack, and then maybe, maybe you'll get a chance in the first team. But until you've sorted that toe, oh, mate. No, it's disgusting. It was, it was just like a mushroom. Ugh. No, 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 he should not be given. Because Matt Penny, as far as I'm concerned, is like. Silk from head to toe, and he's just like oh, I love him. I love him. Okay, I no, not in a rude way. I just think he's. I think he's. You got the red wine out again, Vic? No, no, no. I wish I did. No, not <laughs> a cup of tea. Um, but no, I go. think uh, Matt Penny is is just 
oh, just so pure. And then I've seen Jack Dobbs' toe, and I think, no, no, he shouldn't be given the same chance. No, absolutely not. Not until he sorts out his toe. Can't believe that. That's a no, then, isn't it? Matt Penny, Matt Penny, hashtag smooth like silk, uh, Jack, to- Jack Stobbs, Hobbit foot. So <laughs> the, long, the longest no answer it, ever. Absolutely. It's disgusting. James, for you, the question has come from Laura Jones, which is, who would win in a fight, you or Kieran Westwood? <laughs> no, that, uh, I politely decline to is, answer this question, and you'll be hearing from my lawyers tomorrow. <laughs> no, so the, it, it's a serious question. How, we've talked about him basically all podcasts. How good is Matt Penny? But let's put a little spin on it. Um, in terms of five years' time, is there any one of this Wednesday Academy graduate class that we've got at the moment? Um, are you putting your money on any one of them playing at a higher level than Matt Penny in five years' time? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's hard to say because I think some of them look really good. I think um, I, I like what I've seen of, of Fraser Preston when he's got a bit of game time, um, and they've all yeah, they all look good. Connor Kirby's looked pretty good when he's had a bit of um, time on the pitch. But that that composure and the amount, uh, even in kind of the five six games that uh, Matt Penny has started, the the amount that we've seen him grow in terms of confidence. And just in terms of pure ability, um, th- this is a guy that's obviously he is he is a level above. Um, so I I would struggle to see that there would be anyone else that 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 would come near him in in that sense. But that's a great challenge to um, to all the rest of them. Hashtag sign Matt Penny. <laughs> let's, let's get that bomb viral. Absolutely, um, Dicky. Your question comes from the North York, North Yorkshire Owls, who are um, obviously, as we know, uh, the most loyal, vociferous, and best. Let's be yeah, honest, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday fans are. Um, if you were all in a hot air balloon and it started to lose height, similar to the scenario in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which your dad will have told you about, you wouldn't have watched that being twenty. Absolutely, absolutely correct. Uh, so that so we're in that hot air balloon, probably like, doing a podcast live. Uh, who on the Wednesday week would you throw out first? And before you answer that, let me just refer you to the fact that Fudge hasn't bothered turning up tonight. Well, I love how I get this. You you lot get serious questions, and I get a stupid question from from Sai. Thanks for that, Sai. It's a really good question. Yeah, you, I, I mean, I think to to rule people out, uh, Vic. How she answered her, uh, her question, rules her out because she's full of hot air anyway. So that's going to keep <laughs> the balloon going, going up. Big, so, big number one in there all day long. So, you know, um, and I think, you know, um, J- James, James, a bit of sensible one, so he wouldn't panic. So James is staying. He's got Eddie, no ballast either. He's not, he's, he's not helping. He yeah, throw him out. Yeah, you know, yeah, no way it's not going to make a big there. difference. I think of anybody. It's, it's between Eddie. It's between you, you and you and Fudge. But as Fudge is not here, you can get in the sea. So it's Fudge. <laughs> you're out. Excellent. That'll do me, Fudge. Get in the sea. I'm better than you. Never forget that. Um, and finally, <laughs> my my question. Oh, I love you, Fudge. Honest. Um, <laughs> my question was from Chris Folks, uh, who is also the Manchester United correspondent for Goal. Um, and he's asked a question very close to his heart. If he, if I had to watch another English club week in, week out, 
who would it be? Um, I've often considered this because obviously Wednesday haven't always been the um, the footballing powerhouse that they are at the moment. And and uh, I married a girl who grew up as a, a Middlesbrough fan, and so I I watched. Um, you know that load of scumbags for quite a while because Wednesday were uh, you know rubbish and and depressing. Um, but I would have to choose uh, a team that I latched onto when they were in the conference uh, due to playing them in Premier Manager in 1992 on the Amiga, and that's Wickham Wanderers. They had Martin O'Neill as manager, and Steve Guppy was their star player. So if I had to abandon Wednesday, which would never ever ever happen. Um, I'd have to become a season ticket holder for the chair boys of Wickham Wanderers. Um, has anyone else got a, a weird second team that they would pick? And uh, obviously, we you know, for you, Rich, uh, it could be quite an easy one, shouldn't it? <laughs> hey, I, I don't believe in second teams. I know you I know where you're going to go. You're going to go Swansea, aren't you? Because of my dad, but <laughs> yeah. n- no. I don't give well, a not, shit about any... Not a second team. Well, well, well you, you go well, to Hallam every well, I don't do second team. They're not a freaking second team. They're like, they're on par sometimes. That's, that's a freaky bit. Um, yeah. no, it's non-league. It doesn't count, does it? It doesn't count. Of course it does. That would be my, my answer I would be, I'll go and see Helen. Okay. If I've got a, I, I always said the way I describe it, Wednesday's my first love. Helen's just the affair. Oh, that's nice. My second team, I have Spurs just because I love to watch Spurs. I always have done. Um, and then Hallam, and then um, little team. You've not been to watch Hallam yet. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Don't even. Yes, I when? have. You've got me for free a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. So I'm not technically paid to watch Hallam yet, but I have been. Um, well, obviously, I'll always look at Sheffield FC and Worksop and all your other local clubs. And then there is a little club in Nottinghamshire called Radford that I keep an eye on. They sound really good. You, you, should, you should spend more time with them. I, I should spend more time with them. They're a great team. If anyone wants to come on Saturday, come and keep uh, your company. Been sporting them long? Uh, no, not long at all. About six days? Uh, about nine. Six. But yeah, so no, no. Tottenham, in in genuine, like Tottenham are my second team. Like I will always keep an eye out for them. But if Tottenham play Wednesday, there's there's no question. Like there's no question. Spurs all day, yeah. Have... Deli Alley, woo. <laughs> yeah, Deli Alley, woo. I just did the hand thing, and you're not even here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, yeah, we can't see you, Vic. No, it I works. Think... <laughs> I think we we all have our soft spots for different different teams, and um, you know, obviously, Vic and I have got a, th- that Bolton connection. Um, you know, James probably would just emigrate, wouldn't you? Just go full full time Saint Pauli. Well, a, it's interesting that Chris actually he made the point of including English club in his uh, in his yeah, question I because noticed that. you know I, I, I already that. go across to Hamburg kind of five six um, five six times, which obviously is where I've um, just been. I need to say hello, by the way, to a guy called George, who's another Wednesday fan who was over in Hamburg for the St. Paulo game. So it was a pleasure to um, to meet him. Um, yeah, I, I would go and, and I've often considered if I ever just got really bored of going and seeing modern day football, um, I, I could see myself just going to Hallam. I, I I could get into that. I could do that. Uh, but if I I do have a second team in the um, in the UK, and it's never very popular when people ask me, particularly in Wednesday circles. But it's Liverpool, and it's always been Liverpool. Um, I, I followed oh, Liverpool quite closely when I was a kid uh, before I kind of started going to Wednesday matches. But I still have a real soft spot for them. 
we bonded over that though, babes. I have a I have a soft spot for Liverpool. I, I wouldn't say they're a second. Yeah, team. I think it's I think it's alright. I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. There's, there's, there's yeah, I've got a soft spot. Teams. I've got a soft spot for them too. <laughs> There's, there's loads of teams, like Rangers, I have a soft spot for, Spurs, Liverpool. <laughs> I don't have one for Arsenal. That's my one team that I just, I have no Oh, I got, we've got, we've got battle lines here, because I've, I've got a soft spot for Celtic, so me and you are enemies. I'm not bothered about Celtic. Oh, for God's sake. Celtic. You know what, I, look, if, if we're going to do this, then I've got to pick Kilmarnock for my Scottish team. It's just, it, it just becomes <laughs> ridiculous. We've got one Johnston just for the J. <laughs> Hey, you know why? Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock playing blue and white stripes. So, do you know what? That's the most Eddie, Wednesday Scottish team. Eddie, if we're all going to pick a second yeah. team, babe, we know who ours is at heart. We are Harchester United. Harchester. Harchester United. Dragons forever. for life. I, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that tattoo is never getting covered up. And on that bombshell, um, that is the end of this week's podcast um as always you will be able to find us if not at the leeds match um you know battering a load of west yorkies uh we will be online victoria how do we find and contact you and stalk you until you Ooh. get very scared and get every restraining order against us well i just block you um you can find me on twitter and at victoria1867 that is just my twitter username please don't use it on Wonderful. Uh, Dickie, other than uh, the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane, which is the yes. single best restaurant in Sheffield, as voted for by the readers of TV Quick Magazine, um, where else <laughs> Where else do we find you? You you can find me on, on Twitter at Dickie Owl, uh, uh, and I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be spewing a load of uh, balls out, probably to my right, at Leeds fans. In the, and 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 and, be, and their general vileness. Yes, come on, they're scum. We hate them. Ah, we all hate them. Scum. Ah. Uh, James, uh, you'll be at the match t- tomorrow night, I'm sure. Um, other than that, uh, how do we keep up with your meanderings and continental travels? Uh, it's it's all on Twitter at James Marriott. Here's an interesting thing. Um, I've decided I need to get into Instagram. Uh, I haven't posted anything on Instagram since uh, 2015, uh, but it's kind of Ooh. like it's all the rage at the moment. All the kids are kind of getting back into Instagram, and it's it's the you know, kind of the buzz network at the moment. Um, so um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, James M eighty one is my name on Instagram, which is pretty shit actually compared to my Twitter name. So actually, no, forget does, that. I'm not. Does need, does need a new avatar as well, doesn't it, James? It's not a good one. Well, what's wrong with it? That's all right. That's good. Oh, yeah, it's about like it's a few years out of day. Sexy. <laughs> oh. That's in um, that's in Florida. That was taken. It's in a it's in a kitchen in Florida. This is the crappiest yeah. end to a podcast ever, isn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> right. I, I will take full responsibility for that because I am the host. Uh, you will find me because there's a, a lot to be said for having the same um, username on all manner of social media. Snapchat, Sausage Arms. Facebook, Sausage Arms. Twitter, Sausage Arms. Instagram, G Steel X. Yeah, no, that's George. No, that's George <laughs> Steel from, uh, uh, from Love Island. That's not right. Uh, no, I'm Sausage Arms on 
uh, Instagram as well. Uh, so we will be back next week, hopefully uh, responding to two unbelievable Wednesday performances that have got us six points and driven us right up the table to be in the automatic promotion hunt. Other than that, we may well just be, as usual, drunk, maudlin, and wondering where it all went wrong. I've been Eddie. These guys have been fantastic. We'll see you all next week. These guys have been fantastic. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy your time. <laughs> you ended on like enjoy your time. <laughs> enjoy your time. Enjoy your time. You just okay. don't know when it's going to end. I've got. I've got. To <laughs> There's a hashtag. Enjoy There's a new hashtag. Enjoy your, your time. time. Enjoy your time on the clock. It was the raise of the voice at the end that killed me. Enjoy That's it. Right, brilliant. Right, that that's for that's for the outtake. After um, what I was going to say was, uh, stay safe, love each other, and we will see you real soon. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates around. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.